faith, hope, and love abide. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is what and who you are. Love is your deepest essence, a wellspring inside of you, welling up into limitless life. The path of conscious love is a relationship calling forth who you really are. Welcome to Coalesce, a series of honest, inclusive, and contemplative reflections. Living in relational wholeness, we enter our we pray Coalesce will enrich and deepen your experience along the path of conscious love. Good day, good people. This is Coalesce, Episode 69, Eternal and Infinite Love. I am Robert Farrell, and no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. At any time during the evening, if there's a technical difficulty with the sound or the video, please feel free just to let me know in the chat section. There is about a 30-second delay, but we'll work through it. Each week at Coalesce, on this path of conscious love, we share in contemplative reflection as an opportunity to listen from your heart. A contemplative gathering differ differs from other spiritual gatherings in how you are present and how you listen. To listen from the heart is to listen with a sustained receptivity to a beauty not yet thought about. It is really listening with a contemplative state of attentiveness. It isn't about figuring anything out. Contemplation isn't about mastering what I'm saying. It's about being mastered by what mastered what I'm saying. It's not about accessing anything. It's about allowing yourself to be accessed. Because we often rush too soon to the conclusions and we don't rest long enough in a sustained humility of allowing ourselves to be interiorly accessed by that beauty not yet thought about. So for our time this evening, it's an opportunity for you to let go and enter into a deeper silence. And instead of coming up with answers, open up and embrace questions and grace. Just as Psalm 42 says, deep calls to deep. Let the holy waves pass over you. So let's settle into this path of conscious love and begin by getting grounded in our contemplative state of sustained receptivity. We'll start with a brief grounding exercise. So find your comfortable position and follow the exercise on the screen.
For many of us, this moment feels chaotic and terribly stressful. Join us for a few moments to turn inward and connect to your innermost you. Gently close your eyes and feel the gentleness of breath inside your body as you repeat these words. My deepest me is love. My deepest me is whole. My deepest me is limitless. My deepest me is infinite. My deepest me is compassion. My deepest me is sacred. My deepest me is mystery. My deepest me is forgiveness. My deepest me is beauty. My deepest me is God. My deepest me has knowledge to give. I open my heart and listen. Tonight's reflection begins with my gratitude for Gerald May and Richard Rohr. How do we keep hungry, harmonious, and holy? Those larger-than-life people have all died before they died, and thus they are larger than death, too. At some point, they were led to the edge of their private resources, and that breakdown, which surely felt like dying, led them into a larger life. They went through a death of their various false selves and came out on the other side knowing that death could no longer hurt them. They fell into the big love and the big freedom, the big love and the big freedom which many call God. So the lack of preparation for the Passover our lack of training in grief work and letting go, and our failure to entrust ourselves to a bigger life is the basis and core of our cultural spiritual crisis. Yes, the culture is in a spiritual crisis. And it is not a doing, but a being done unto that happens. Union with God, union with what is, that is to say union with everything, has always been the final goal of any initiatory experience. And I believe that the COVID-19 experience can be looked at by each of us 
as an initiatory experience. What are you being initiated into? When it happens, one taste of the real had to be given early in life to keep the initiate hungry, harmonious, and holy. How and can we change or transform our pain? To be rightly aligned with reality, there are five consistent lessons. One, life is hard. Two, you are not that important. Three, your life is not about you. Four, you are not in control. And five, symbolized if you experienced Ash Wednesday, you are going to die. So tonight we'll reflect on each of these, beginning with life is hard. The natural survival instinct, especially for the male, is to block suffering and pain. All great spirituality is about what you do with our pain. The first lesson is to teach, not to try to get rid of pain until we first learn what it has to teach us. We do not handle suffering. Suffering handles us in deep and mysterious ways that ironically become the very matrix of life. Suffering, and sometimes awe, has the most power to lead us into genuinely new experiences. When life is hard, we are primed to learn something absolutely central. Our wombs are God's hiding place and hold our greatest gifts. We can dare to be mutually vulnerable. This is the core meaning of the Christian doctrine of Trinity. The very character of God is mutual deference, recognition, and love. The heart is normally open through a necessary hole in the soul, sometimes called a sacred wound. And if you re remember the story of Doubting Thomas, when Jesus says, put your finger in there, it is not a story about doubt in faith. It's a story about that we can be wounded and still be resurrected. Because you see, there is a crack in everything. And that's how the light gets in. Our wounds are the only things humbling enough to break our attachment to our false self and make us yearn for our true self, who you are in God. And it's true, 100%. If you do not transform your pain, you will almost certainly transmit your pain to others. But the light that gets in is the light of love.
Thank you. <laughs> you are not that important. There are basically two paths of spiritual transformation, prayer and suffering. In the journey of prayer, as you sink into the mystery of God's perfect love, you realize that you're nothing in the presence of God's goodness and greatness and that God is working through you in spite of you. Authentic prayer is always a journey into love. The path of suffering is the quicker path to transformation. Relationships, experiences, and mirroring change you much more than ideas. You cannot really do something until you have seen someone else do it. Deal with it. Be scandalized and shocked. Face your resistances and your egocentricity and let a greater truth unsettle you. When alone, deliberately askew without your usual mental protections until you long for guidance and hopefully recognize that you are somehow the problem. Hopefully recognize that the answer is within you and hopefully recognize you need help from a higher power. Just like I need a little help. And just like Jeremiah says in 110, your job is to take apart and demolish and then start over building and planting anew. Every master spiritual lesson, every parable or spiritual riddle, every confounding question is intended to bring up the limitations of our own wisdom, our own power, our own tiny self. To submit to being taught means accepting the wonder and largeness of truth and our own smallness in relationship to it. Eventually, we must learn to hold the paradox of our finite self held within the eternal and infinite love. Receiving the kingdom like a little child. Sacred cultures could tell individuals they were not that important because they knew they were inherently and intrinsically very important. And your life is not about you. Jesus' teachings are that of a spiritual master who wants to situate us in a larger life. And for Jesus, he calls that the reign of God or the kingdom of heaven. We ourselves are changed and helped by those whom we think we are serving. <laughs> Sometimes that's called reverse mission. And Jesus invites us to a life without baggage so we can learn how to accept others and their culture. He wanted his disciples then and now, that means you too, to experience the value of vulnerability. He sent them into society in a very vulnerable way, no shoes or wallet, like sheep among wolves. He taught, stay in their homes and eat their food. 
This is a very strong anti-institutional model. I think it's true. Lifestyle is more important than theories. Intellectual belief systems or abstruse theology. Your life is not about you. You are about life. Your own small life is no longer a small life. It is no longer just yours, and it is not all in your head either. You do not try to think yourself into a new way of living, but you first live in a new way from a new vantage point, and your thinking changes by itself. As Paul says in Galatians 2, I live no longer, not I. Allow your small life to be used by the great life. And that is finally all that matters. And which might lead you to needing more. to carry on I need you more I need
You are not in control. You are clearly not in control. This is a thrilling discovery of divine providence, being led, used, and guided, having an inner purpose and a sense of personal vocation, and owning one's destiny as a gift from God. Learning that you are not in control situates you correctly in the universe. That's when you know. You know you are being guided, and your reliance on that guidance is precisely what allows your journey to happen. What freedom and peace this can bring. You will now need a deepening of faith to go forward. Willfulness must come from willingness in the world of spirit. Willingness implies a surrendering of one's self-separateness and entering into an immersion in the deepest processes of life itself. It is a realization that one already is a part of some ultimate cosmic process and it is a commitment to participating in that process. Willingness is saying yes to the mystery of being alive in each moment. The intense self-will of the autonomous ego must eventually be disillusioned with itself. Practice in small ways such as contemplative prayer, which is habitually consenting to God's presence and action within. Surrender is about a peaceful inner opening that keeps the conduit of living water flowing. It is a quiet willingness to trust that you really are a beloved son or a beloved daughter because you really are. Our fifth consistent lesson is you are going to die. Too often, egoism, performance, ambition, and bravado, especially in the male, proceed from a profound fear of failure, humanity, and death. In avoiding death, a person ironically avoids life. We cannot experience rebirth, being born again, without experiencing some real form of death first. The old self always has to die before the new self can be born, which is the Passover experience that we resist. As John 12, 24 says, the grain of wheat must die or it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So some ritual of death and resurrection is the centerpiece of all initiation, again, especially for males. It is probably why Jesus sought out and submitted to John the Baptist offbeat death and rebirth ritual down by the riverside. The transformational journey of death and resurrection is the only real message it makes you indestructible. The real life, God's life, 
The eternal and infinite love is running through you and in you already. So let us take this moment to learn to hold the paradox of our finite self that's held within the eternal and infinite love. With your eyes closed and your hands on your heart, let's just rest in the silence and be still for one minute. Continuing to stay in the silence, you're invited to reflect on your experience tonight as deep calls unto deep, open to awe, to wonder, and to grace, and reflect on what you've heard with your heart. There'll be time to analyze it with your mind later. But for now, peer into the deep pools of your heart. And waiting quietly and patiently to see if something arises. Perhaps it's one word or maybe a feeling perhaps a tiny, tiny short phrase. What is that one thing that's coalescing in your heart this moment? And if you feel moved to, you can share it in the chat section and know that we as a small community will hold it in love and wrap it in prayers.
Each week we offer you a spiritual practice to help support you on your spiritual path. And this week the spiritual practice is rites of passage. And the guidelines for this practice will are on the Contemplative Inner Being webpage and I'll put those that link into the chat section for you. And I'll take just a moment just to go over these brief guidelines. Though initiation was forgotten in the West for a long, long time, more and more people are rediscovering its power as a catalyst to help us pass from the from life to death and back to life again, dying to the false self so the true self can live fully, dying to an old way of being to rise into a new way of being. And rites of passage take many forms, but they often include periods of solitude, fasting, rituals to symbolize letting go and dying, and counsel, that sacred dialogue with a guide or even other initiates. Initiation frequently, frequently takes place in nature, whether deep wilderness or a retreat setting. And rites aren't to be entered into lightly. It's important to be psychologically stable first before having your familiar ego identity shaken. So I encourage you to find a trustworthy spiritual teacher to guide you through this experience when you're ready. There are now many groups offering structural rites of passage or vision, vision quest for men and women. And you'll find a few of those listed on the website. The Redbird Foundation for Women, the Illumin Foundation for Men, and others. And as always, we'll conclude our session today with a blessing and a song. May you see with the eyes of your heart. May you love one another with joy and compassion. And may all beings come to know the divine presence within. And may your days and week to come be traveled on this path of conscious love. Peace to all, light to all, love to all. Satnam, Amen. Tonight's music was by J. Jagdish, United Pursuit, and Paul Isaac. Thank you for being here. Have a wonderful evening. How many lifetimes have I spent searching For something that can't be explained For something that can't be tamed Searching for someone to show me the way Tell me that it's okay To work through my suffering 
So I look within, I find myself anew And let this light shine through In everything that I do If darkness should fall, I'll call upon this light Remember that my heart was touched When I felt the Shakti rush And I'm Look into the eyes of, the eyes of love Look into the eyes of, the eyes of love Look into the eyes of, the eyes of love Look into the eyes of, the eyes of love My heart is open and there is more to come More less to this mind More work to be done The masks I wear are slowly peeling off Cause there's no need to hide From this truth inside a seed's been planted and this tree will grow And the fruits that I sow Will surely feed the soul So my friend, I am done waiting Yes, I'm here now And I surrender as I look into the eyes of, the eyes of love Look into the eyes of, the eyes of love I Look into the eyes of, the eyes of love I Look into the eyes of, the eyes of love Looking through the eyes of, the eyes of love And now I'm looking through the eyes of, the eyes of love I'm looking through I'm looking through is created, quilted, and shared in a gentle embrace. Our thanks to Rev. Robert Farrell for giving his voice to the path of conscious love. You are me and I am you. Isn't it obvious that we enter our? We pray coalesce, enriches, and deepens your experience.